the story behind the story in faith, culture, news, and entertainment. This is this is Billy Hallowell. Hey, Chris, how's it going today? I'm doing good, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So you, you've been a longtime pastor, and I wanted to have you on the show here because you have a new book out, and it's called Quit Church, which I, I love that title, A, because yep. it captures your attention, uh, B, because it leaves me wanting to know what in the world, why in the world is this pastor telling me to quit church? So I know that there's a, a good story here. So I want to just start there. Why did you choose this title for the book? Yeah, no problem. The uh, uh, that's a great question, and thanks for having me on the show. I really appreciate it, and uh, it's an honor. Um, you know, uh, I we have churches. We have a lot of campuses ourselves. Um, we have a we have a network of campuses, nearly thirty, and then we have a coaching organization called ChurchBoom.org, where we coach uh, several hundred churches a month. And uh, the reason I say all that is because I've noticed that in talking with pastors and working with pastors across the nation. Um, there seems to be some common threads of weakening spiritual behaviors in people's life, um, and they seem to be common among, regardless of denomination or what state it's in or whatever, there's a sort of weakening, if you will, of spiritual behaviors in our life. And so the idea of quit church isn't to quit church, it's to quit our approach that we currently have towards church and towards uh, the things of God, um, by uh, because and the reason I'm telling people is to quit church. In other words, quit their current approach is because they're robbing themselves so much of all that God has for their life. So we kind of you know go in ankle deep on the water and say, well, okay, I want all of God's blessings, but I'm only going in ankle deep. Uh, and yet that's not really how it works. You know, I, I believe that and some promises are unconditional, but. Um, the promises are conditional in the sense of some of them where it's like, we do our part, God does our, his part. So is it about quitting church? No, not at all. It's about quitting our approach to church because we're robbing ourselves of so much that God wants to do in our life. And that's why the subtitle is because your life would be better if you did. It would be, your life will be so much better if you'll just learn to quit the current approach that we have towards God and that casual approach we have towards the things that church and, and, and God brings into our life. So let's dig, let's dig into this. Where do churches go wrong? And I, and I, you know, before you answer that, I feel like you could probably go in a million different directions here, but what yep. are maybe the two or three ways in which you think the modern church is not handling itself well? Well, uh, from a church standpoint, uh, I think that, <clears throat> you know, there's a couple things. I think sometimes that we can be non-relatable to the community uh, it's interesting. I always say that uh, we go to a third world country and we adjust to their culture and we go to our own backyard and we don't, we don't adjust to that culture. <laughs> um, so I think it's a matter of adjusting to a culture that sometimes we are missing that adjustment to the culture and we're missing on how we move people from what I say, community to crowd to core. How do we move people from, you know, the city that we're trying to reach or the community we're trying to reach to actually Sunday morning to the core? How do we move them along into this relationship? with Christ, uh, and in their connection with the local church. Yeah. And, you know, it seems like I hear so many stories and of course there are more positive stories than negative, but everyone loves to talk about the negative stories of people leaving churches and, Oh, you know, this thing upset me. I didn't like the music. The pastor said something that rubbed me the wrong way, or people aren't talking to me in the church. I feel lonely. I'm going to go find another church. And I know people who church hop, 
You know, when yeah. when is it appropriate for somebody to say, you know what, I need to move on from this church? You know, That's, what what are the factors that make that okay? Great question. We were just we just finished up a blog for Fox News of all of all things <laughs> about that same exact question. Was it okay to leave a church? People leave churches. Here's the thing. I'll, I'll give you the quick bullet points. Number one. Um, is there times where I think you should leave a church? Yeah, obvious times. If the guy wants you to sell all you have, move to the mountains and sing Kumbaya, then that might be a good time <laughs> to leave. But besides besides the obvious, um, I think what happens is we find any one wrong thing that we don't like and we leave right away. Well, I don't like what the pastor said. No one visited me at the hospital. Um, I, you know, I don't like how they spent the money. I don't like the how they handled that leadership thing. So that's it. I'm leaving. Um, and I don't know, well, I don't know, I'm positive that's not the, the, the right response. If you talk to the pastor in the right spirit, you talk to whoever is over you in leadership in the right spirit, you present your need, you present your thing, you don't talk to other people in the church, you don't go to social media and blast it out on Facebook or Instagram or wherever and start saying all these bad things about the church or maybe these innuendo things that you think no one's picking up on, you don't do that. You talk to the appropriate leader and and you sit down with him, you pray about it, and you see if God is calling you to leave. But most of the time, I got to tell you, man, most of the time, I don't think God's calling them to leave. I think that they just didn't like something, didn't like something the way it was handled, and that's it. I'm done with the church. And they just peace out. Yeah. They're done. Oh, yeah, and they're done. And man, uh, wow, that and that somehow is okay to them. Could you imagine if we treated our marriage that way, our relationship with our kids that way, our job, our character, our integrity? Something else will go right. That's it. I throw it out the window. The idea is the church is a family, and we're all messed up, and your pastor's messed up, and your staff is messed up, and your leaders are messed up because they're people. We all make mistakes. And if you just say, man, that's it. I'm done with the church, and that's it. I quit, and I'm just going to go find a different church, and that'll be the perfect church. No, it won't be. So, yeah, talk to your leaders, and after you pray about it for a couple months and you really seek God, you leave, and you leave quietly. Uh, but you don't leave with noise, and leaving the church is the last choice. It's not the knee-jerk reaction choice. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of times the people that I've interacted with, they haven't even voiced what's con upsetting them or what's concerning them to the people they're upset with. And, and it's sort of like, well, why not have that discussion? Go to those people. Go to the pastor. Talk to them. I mean, I, I have seen churches where there's a toxic pastor or there's a bigger problem, and that's a different scenario. But feeling slighted or hurt, no. you know, talk it out. Yeah, but again, even in that situation, yes, talk it out, work it out, talk it out. Uh, but again, you don't go and talk to a whole bunch of other people. What does Matthew 18 say? Go to your brother at once. Uh, and so that's what you do. You go to that leader and say, okay, look, I got this problem, but and you talk it out. And uh, But you don't just leave, and you sure in the heck do not blast it out on Facebook, social media, whatever. Or I love the innuendo ones that we do with people at the church. Are you you left the church? Yeah, I won't say why. Let's just say that it's not good. <laughs> yeah, it's horrible. It's actually worse than just telling the person what. Yeah. what yeah, thank you for your discretion. There's uh, some horrible mystery that I'm not going to tell you about. Um, you know, I'll just keep my mouth shut because you know I got to follow what the Bible says. It's like, just put a smile on your face and leave. <laughs> you're gonna leave leave quietly don't don't ruin the church on the way out and shoot a bunch of sheep in the process well let me this is sort of a loaded question but i'm going to ask you because i think it's important in a time of division there seems to be more and more division between churches over theology on variety of issues you name the issue it, there's a division right there's division over gun control over marriage over and you go down the line 
yeah. how should Christians and churches be interacting with one another when it comes to these divisive issues? Because I think the world is seeing Christians fighting. And, you know, how do we navigate that? Great question. Jesus said, you know, they will know you're my disciples by your love for one another. Number one, do not tape your argument public. Uh, all That's all you need is some non-believer or on-the-fence person to say, well, yep, there's another reason why I don't go to church. I don't know why we do that. We should not do that as pastors and leaders and believers uh, at all. Um, is there going to, with all these different political and sexual issues that are so controversial, um, man, voice your opinion to your friend in a, in a small group, or you share yours, you respect his, and you move on in love. Uh, but to sit there and argue about it and to create division um, and just create so many problems. And um, so, yeah, I mean, is, you get a church of 100. Are there going to be four different opinions on political issues, Donald Trump, homosexuality, transgender? Yep, there sure is. Um, you don't slam anybody, you love someone, you respect their opinion, you find the absolutes. The absolute is we love God, we love Jesus, we love the Bible, we walk with him. Uh, and you just are, have to be careful of these more of these issues come up because it divides the kingdom, it divides the church. Um, and again, what I really is a pet peeve of mine, we give these on-the-fence believers and non-believers yet another reason to say that's why I don't belong to church because they can't even get along. Yeah, and it, it seems like on a lot of these issues, it's, you know, you don't have to compromise your views, but the way that you interact on it is sort of the important part. I think a lot of us as Christians are part of the problem in terms of how we interact on social media and how we talk about the issues yeah. with others, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Great, great point. Uh, I'm not saying to bend your belief, you know, or to say, well, I'm going to now I got to believe this about subject A, B or C. no. I'm just saying it's how you respond. It's how you share and how you respond. It's how you interact. Uh, it's not a matter of changing your beliefs, but if you think everybody in your church is is exactly, if you're thinking, man, I got no problem. Everybody in my church believes my way. You are kidding yourself. There's no <laughs> way that they believe your way. Exactly. You, uh, there's so many different ideas on these crazy subjects that keep rising up. I say crazy, maybe I shouldn't use that word, but all these multiple subjects that keep rising up all over the place. So how do you stand on this, that, and everything? thing? Um, yeah, share your opinion, share it in love, keep it Christ-centered, and careful how you interact. Um, in the end, they'll know your believers by your love for one another. I love and that. That's no, that's so true. And it's so important. And we're, we're lacking that everywhere right now in culture. But the church should be the place where it's happening and where we yes. can disagree and do it in kindness and, and all that. And so let me let me ask you this. And, and this is one of my last questions for you about the book. You know, when you yeah. look at where the church is today um, and, and you look at people coming to read your book, what are the things you're hoping they walk away with? Man, that's a great question. Uh, here's what I'd love for people to walk away with. And there's a, there's a couple things I'd like to say here. First is I want them to walk away realizing that there are over 3,000 promises in the Bible and that God wants to do incredible things in your life. And the more you're all in with him, the more he goes all out for you. The promises, I always say, man, if you'll let go of what's in your hands, God will let, God will let go of what's in his. And, and the more that we get in, so, because the book covers six major things that I interviewed over a hundred pastors. What are the top, I said, what are the top things that believers seem to not engage with? And yet they're robbing themselves when they do. And it was subjects like inviting the unchurched, 
faithfulness, serving, discipleship, generosity. We're missing out because we're not we're 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 kind of picking and choosing on which things to do. So my hope is first, if they're a believer, that they read it and they say, "Man, I am leaving too much on the table." And at the end of every chapter, it says how you win, how your church wins, and and you will win. If you go all in on each of those chapters, like, man, I'm going all in on what God says about this, you will win. And then the, it always says you win and your church wins. You'll win, but your church will win. Can you imagine just a church of 100? Let's just go with that. If they went all in on generosity, all in on reaching their people, all in on love and in discipleship, all in on serving. Could you imagine even a, a church of 100 if everybody went all in? So you win and the church wins. And if I could say this, the book is meant as well for pastors to use it as a series. Matter of fact, if you go to quitchurch.com, quitchurch.com, pastors can find six sermon outlines, six small group videos, graphic packages, video, uh, uh, intro videos for their church on Sunday, everything they need to make this a six-week series. And for pastors that really want to get their church really behind these subjects, uh, and really kind of step up their game, make it a series in your church, buy a book for everybody in your small group, have them reimburse you so it doesn't cost church anything, or buy, buy a book for everybody in the church and then have them reimburse you, and take your entire church through a six-week series. They're reading the book, they're going through it in small groups, and they're hearing about it on Sunday. You get all of those resources, except the book, of course, but all of those resources at quitchurch.com. And if you're buying it for your church, there's a link on there. Baker Publishing has worked out that they can get up to a 40% discount. So now they're getting the book for really cheap, and yet they're they're taking uh, the whole church through a series and the videos and the outlines and the graphic package. It's all free for pastors at quitchurch.com. I love that. Well, thank you so much. We'll encourage people to check out Quit Church. Yeah. So it's not so much about quitting church. It's about stopping the way we're, we're doing it, the problems we have in churches fixing our churches, fixing ourselves. And it just, I, I always appreciate this sort of thing. It gets us thinking deeper about yes. where we go wrong. Yep. 100%. Absolutely. Well, yep, thank yep. you so much. I appreciate you joining me today. Yeah. No, thank you. It was a pleasure being on the call. Thanks for listening to the Billy Hallowell podcast. Visit Billy on Facebook or Twitter at Billy Hallowell for more on faith, culture, entertainment, and plenty more.